help me welcome back to the show, pastor of Fair Park Church there in Dallas, Pastor Stephen Broden. Thank you for being with me. Well, good to be with you. Uh, I think what we're seeing across the country is that there is a tension that exists in the community. And I say community, the black community and the police. This is not new. It's been around for a long time. However, we, we need to somehow overcome a deliberate attempt to drive a wedge between law enforcement and our community. Uh, we're living in, a, in the 21st century. Uh, things have changed. Our culture has changed. Those things that once were true are not true anymore. Uh, but there is an attempt on the part of some to foster a divide and to facilitate a a mistrust uh, that ought not be there. Uh, it is a false fact uh, that is being perpetrated in the community that all police are bad. All police are not bad. And just like all black men are not criminals, and that's, that's something that needs to be understood uh, across the board, that there are extreme positions that are facilitating mistrust, and these extreme positions do not represent reality. And you're absolutely right, Pastor. You know, uh, people have often asked me about something that you said in a groundbreaking documentary, uh, Runaway Slave, a film that we uh, put uh, together and uh, Freedom Works we put together. You said that uh, what, would, and you talked about this, you talked about Karl Marx in this film, and people often reference you whether you know it or not. You said that uh, the way Karl Marx, uh, in fact, controlled this, the, 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 the socialist regime was to operate through what you called and what he called the proletariat. Uh, doctor, if you, uh, Pastor, if you would, in fact, uh, elaborate on that in terms of what may be going on in America right now. Well, absolutely. It, um, the socialists recognize that they are coming from a, a weak position. And so what they have done is that they have targeted groups within the culture or within society that are weak and have legitimate concerns. And they take those concerns and they amplify them and they rally people around them. I think it was uh, Saul Alinsky said that we'll we use the poor as a battering ram against the system meaning that we'll take their legitimate concerns and bring them into the public square and make demands upon the system to change. In other words, forcing the culture, America, to live up to its ideas or to its professed um, values. If they see that there's a weakness, that there is uh, uh, an area that needs to have some work, they'll take that and bring it to the fore and say, well, look, you said that you are for liberty for all, but look at these poor people. They don't have the liberty that you say that you have. You need to live up to that. And they make the system change. Is That's what Saul Linsky had in mind when he says using the poor as a battering ram. That's the proletariat, the working class, up Let against the class of the upper class and making them fight one another. This is their goal to to foster divide, to facilitate tension and contention in order to uh, implement their strategy for change. We're on with Pastor Stephen Broden of the Fair Park Church there in Dallas. 
Texas and a friend of mine, so glad um, over the years now, Stephen, we've known each other years now, man, going back years. And uh, it doesn't seem like time slips away that quickly, but it certainly does. Is then, Pastor, this George Floyd and all of the shootings that are going on, uh, are these also battering rams? Speak to us as to how that can evolve. Well, I think it's deliberate. What we're seeing is an engineered attempt to uh, get rid of our Second Amendment. And so they create an environment of fear, of insecurity. Um, I, you know, some of this stuff is synthetic. They've got people out there who are shooting. Uh, and, uh, and they're creating an environment or atmosphere through which that kind of behavior is the end result. I think that there is an attempt to try to use these events, not events, but circumstances, to create a narrative that will produce policies and or law legislation that will regulate further and or remove our Second Amendment rights from the public square. I, I don't like what I see. I think this is uh, something that's unusual about this, and it seems like these things are happening all over the country all of a sudden, and it's happening at the same time that this administration is pushing gun control and gun legislation. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, America? Isn't that amazing? Pastor Seven Broden has pointed that out to you. Pastor, before we go any further, tell everybody how to get in touch with you, how to get you to where they are if they are so inclined. Well, um, you can certainly go to my Facebook page, and I have all of my writings and my uh, sermons and all of that is on Stephen Broden. Uh, Facebook page, they can find me there. And then we have a church uh, Facebook that's the Fair Park Bible Fellowship Facebook. And uh, they can find us there. Those are the two areas that I would recommend people go to to find out what we're saying and what is going on with our ministry. Fair Park Bible Fellowship Facebook page, Stephen Broton Facebook page. Hey, friends, let me tell you, very well worth checking out out pastor when we think about um uh the what you said the design behind all of this uh let me ask you then about um this let's let's talk about the police and policing you know the first film that i made was there in dallas uh burl jernigan he was constable uh there at the time and uh lieutenant sam allen were uh, were, uh, were good friends of mine he's a fire investigator uh and they helped me in, in this film uh the other side is what it was called and I, I know many, many uh, uh, police officers there in Dallas County, and I have not run into one personally that I know. And I don't know anybody. Uh, I don't. I don't live with them or anything. But I've never known a, a bad cop. I, I, I personally have never known. I've seen them on TV, uh, you know, because we, we've seen them. But I, I've never personally known one. Why? What benefit is there in painting this picture in the minds of our young people as they are doing right now? They are painting a very negative and dangerous picture, in my estimation of public servants like police officers. Pastor, speak to us about it. Well, I think that's unfortunate that that's happening. Um, 
again, not all police officers are bad. There are some, and uh, and there are some who are that give the entire police force a bad uh, reputation. But that is not typical, and it's not necessarily uh, demonstrative of the uh, police force uh, across the country. Um, but what happens is that if kids are growing up with this negative perception of police, then they are less inclined to be cooperative, less inclined to call upon them when faced with uh, issues in their community that needs to be addressed by law enforcement. They don't trust uh, the law enforcement agencies around, and it creates an environment where potential chaos could be the order of the day because there's this mistrust, this this divide, and that, that kind of uh, indoctrination, that kind of uh, representation needs to be checked wherever we can and whenever we can. And we do that through good police and community relationships. We need to have uh, connections with the police department. Bring them in. When I was growing up, they would come into our schools and they would talk to us about what they do and how they do what they do. Uh, but uh, you and I grew up at a time uh, when Jim Crow was the order of the day, and in many instances, the police departments were their enforcers of Jim Crow laws, and that created or fostered a disconnect with our community and the police department. We have since grown beyond that. And we need to maintain good relationships, and I think we do that through a good uh, community and police department uh, relationships. You know, Stephan, uh, you and I uh, are, are unashamed, of course, ministers of the gospel and preachers of the word of, of God and, and our, our Lord and Savior. Jesus Christ, not ashamed of that at all. But we're also not ashamed of our affiliation with the GOP and conservative ideas and causes uh, throughout this country. And of course, uh, by identification and conversation, we're both black men and black pastors and ministers in particular. The Biden effect, Pastor, this this is what I want to ask you about. The Biden effect seems to uh, be... I don't know, the, the, the pulpit almost seems impervious to talking about this in too many instances, not yours, not mine, but in too many instances, we as ministers are, are silent here. What is that about and why is this continuing when we see the effects that it has on our congregants and people that we know and love around uh, our nation? Talk to us, Pastor. I think there's a narrative that has been in our community concerning the uh, grand old party and the Republicans by the Democrats. Much of our perception as to who the Republicans are is defined in the community by Democrats. And that's a gross failure on the part of the Republican Party to define who they are in our community and represent our platform in such a way that it becomes an attraction to those who are in our community. Much of what we have as a uh, that represents our platform are values that are framed and shaped and processed through our faith. Uh, Phyllis Schlafly and her group was responsible for shaping and molding the platform for the Republican Party in the uh, 70s and the 80s and the 90s 
And those principles and values are still representative today in our platform. However, what has happened over the years is that there's been a failure on the part of marketing and representing who we are through our platform in our community. We've allowed Democrats to tell the black community that, that the Republican Party is a fat cat, insensitive, uncompassionate group of people who don't care about them and that they care about us. And that narrative is, is that which is deceiving our community into a belief that the Republican Party is a racist uh, group and that they are insensitive and uncaring about the issues and concerns that are in our community. That needs to change, and I think that can only change as the Republican Party makes a priority of representing who they are in our community. That's what you are attempting to do with your program there. That's what uh, my group is trying to do is we work here in Dallas is trying to represent that the narrative created by the Democrats concerning the Republican is not real. Wow. Pastor, I can almost hear the words of Paul coming out of your mouth. Oh, foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you to believe a lie. And uh, my my, this is this is exactly what's going on. Pastor, I want to thank you, uh, as always, for for being here with you. Michelle, uh, regular rotation, Stefan Broden. Let's put him in there because I love the, the level common sense, even keeled approach that you bring to a conversation, Pastor. And you know I admire and respect your work, and thank you so much for being here with me here today. God bless you, and God keep you. Continue to fight the good fight. And, Stephan, I want to ask you this, though. I may have asked you this last time, but I want people to hear it again if I did. Uh, let's talk about Stephan Broden, uh, Pastor Broden's legacy. Let's talk about that. Uh, uh, when, when uh, oh, let's 40, 50 years from now, hey, man, we're going we're gonna to look good and feel good all the way, all the way. We're going to get a Moses blessing. Let's live 120. And so let's do that. But anyway, Pastor, when the sun begins to set, and you know it is, and every, all of us know when it begins to set. But when that happens for you and you're looking off in the sunset and hopefully we're still sharing some time with significant others in our lives, what do you want us to remember? about Pastor Stephen Broden, Stephen Broden, the man. Talk to us. Humble servant of the Most High God, uh, your call and my call, the greatest call we have is to represent the kingdom of God and to do that effectively and to do it biblically as it is defined within Scripture what a man of God should be and what he should represent. I want to be more like Christ every day. I want to be able to communicate the message of the gospel that Christ died for our sins according to the scripture and that he arose again on the third day according to the scripture. And all who believe shall be and will be saved. That's my message. That's what my legacy should be. That's what I'm passing down to my children and their grand and my grandchildren. And that's uh, what I'm standing for. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you so much, Pastor Stephen Broton, Fair Park. Bible, uh, Christian Bible Church, Christian Church there in Dallas, Texas. Uh, Pastor, give us the right name of the church because I just murdered it. <laughs> well, it's Fair Park Bible Fellowship. Yes. Uh, emphasis on the Bible. We believe in the Bible as the inerrant, infallible, inspired Word of God. Amen again. Amen again. Is found. 
Amen. Fight the good fight. I know that you will, Stephen Broden, because you are fighting the good fight. We'll talk to you next time. Thank you.